podcasting from Chico, California, tucked in between some of Northern California's best freshwater fisheries. This is the Barbless Podcast, a podcast about NorCal fly fishing, guiding, fisheries management, and sustainability. If you have ideas or any questions for the show, leave the guys a voice message on the Barbless Podcast hotline, area code 530-636-2523. Also check out http colon slash slash podcast.barbless.co, where you can download past episodes and show notes. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at barbless.co and connect with them on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash barbless.co. Here's your hosts, Chad Alderson and Nick Hanna. Fish on. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, an episode of the Barbless Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Hanna. I'm here with uh, co-host Chad Alderson. What's up, Chad? What's up? It's been it's been a, it's a, been a spell minute. since we've had it's, one of these. It's been a minute for sure. We had to take a little breaky. I, I know we have some some good fish stories that we should probably just come back and put a whole episode together. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. But today we got uh, the Chico State Bass Team with us, uh, Tyler and Chad. Right? Yes, sir. How's it going, guys? Good. Yeah. Nice. nice. Um, thanks for coming in. Uh, it's funny when I I talk to people here locally about. You know, even today, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go talk with some Chico State bass guys about the bass team," and they're like, "What? Chico State has a, a bass team?" Yeah, we get a lot of that on campus. Like, you wear a t-shirt, they're like, "We have a bass team. What is that?" <laughs> yeah. How so? How long have how long have uh? Well, I'm sure we'll get to know you guys a little bit, but how long has the uh, has Chico State had this team? We've had it for quite a while, actually. The uh, I think it's Travis Moran and Spencer Moran. I think they started it. Um, Travis Moran is actually now he's the FLW Live uh co-host okay but i think we've had it since like the birth of college fishing like it's probably been really seven or eight years yeah. that i'm aware of did that's it, cool did he go to chico state yeah yeah they had a okay. complete team they had actually they actually had the first girl uh lady angler on the team and nice. they, they did well that's yeah that kind of what it put them on the map right that year didn't it didn't they win a couple good tournaments and get a boat out of the deal or um, I'm not quite sure on the specifics, no, but I know no. that there was there's some footage going around of uh, catching a ten pounder and the guy's freaking out while he's uh, <laughs> reeling it in, cussing and everything like that. And you know the marshal's like, "Hey, you know we're filming, like you can't really do that stuff." But that's kind of where everything started. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it's hard not to say certain words. I was actually going to ask you guys that, like, if you were to describe bass fishing in a few words, what how would you describe it? Oh. <laughs> painful. painful painful yeah what's um, painful about it specifically well i mean for me tournaments you go out there and you know you, you have a really good pre-fish and then you go out the next day you blank or you know catch five pounds or something like that and it's just it tests you it tests so you're talking about tournaments tournaments uh, um i was thinking just more bass fishing so just bat i mean obviously this is the love that you had go, you know and then you're like, well, I'm going to take this passion and this love and I'm going to put it towards these tournaments. But what like, what started that, I guess? That's my question. What brought this passion into of bass fishing to you guys? Definitely my dad. Like, I was the first thing I ever did. I was born yeah. and then he took me home to get his <laughs> stuff. And then I was in the little kangaroo pouch at Folsom Lake. Really? Yeah. Like, I grew up. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> 
I have, I have a boy on the way and like we're doing a month and I'm oh, probably yeah. going to be doing that same, same thing, but with the fly going back and forth, I'm probably gonna have to get a little guard, you know, something <laughs> for him. So he doesn't get whacked. I that should probably be. get one too for my head <laughs> for me. Specifically. So real quick, what's the biggest bass you guys have caught? Tyler, you first. Uh, I caught a 1095, a uh, large amount bass. Two years ago, ten ninety five. Yeah, point nine five. Yeah, point nine five. Yes, we don't. We don't do that. We just round up or down. We're gonna learn some lyrics. I know. He said something. He said prefish too. What is prefish? Prefishing is where you have a tournament either the next day or the weekend after, or week. Yeah, weekend after, and you go out try to find fish. You're not technically focused on catching the fish. You're more focused on locating the fish. Finding them. Yeah, that's half. That's the biggest part of being in a tournament. A bunch of questions about that. Then that we'll get to. I think. Oh. Can't wait. So, Chad, what's your biggest? Ten, I got, we got ten nine five. Well, if if we're doing the rounding thing, then I got an eleven pounder. I got a ten eighty nine. But then I also have a nine six spot. That's you, probably my ooh, spotted my bass. Thing, yeah. That's it, a big spotted bass. Yeah. Is that right? on bullards? Yeah. No, it's on. It's a Shasta Lake record. Wow! I caught it in a Bassmaster tournament. Wow! Yeah, congratulations! It was pretty cool. Very nice. So that would you would you get your big bass on the eleven pounder? Both of both of them were on the same, just a S waiver glide bait. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of changed the game a little bit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what what about you, Tyler? Would you, would you get your? Bass um, I on? caught mine on a green pumpkin chatter bait that I actually I personally made myself. So that was another thing that was really special. And that's about another. It. I didn't even know that, that was a deal. That's you another can, thing. You can make your own bass catching flies. on. Yeah, or well, they don't call them bass flies. Bass lures, right? <laughs> well, the, yeah. they're expensive. You know, you can start getting up to fifty, hundred, even. You hear about the five hundred dollar lures. Oh, I've yeah. never. I don't even know what the heck that it thing used to is, be. It's like a cheeseburger, and now it's a PlayStation. You're, you're, <laughs> you're throwing. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Right. My mom calls them tree orders. There you yeah. go. end up losing them. Um, so is that you fish the S waivers a lot now for for bass on on lakes? Yeah, yeah. S waivers the depths two fifty. But that's the thing about like just bass fishing in general. You think you, you can just go out and whack them like every day, no matter what. But it's very technical, and and that's why you do a lot of research. You're talking about going out and pre fishing. Mm-hmm finding the places that you need to go but it, it's it's a technical sport i mean yeah. a lot of people think you're just fishing but there's a lot to it so talk about the pre-fish and like um your use of say electronics to achieve a goal of making sure you know where the fish are yeah well i that's something i went to the first bassmaster national championship that i qualified for mm-hmm. and i had like a five inch graph not not good electronics and it hurt bad so come back, we got I got two new hummingbirds with like the side imaging, so you can see mm-hmm. about forty feet to either side. Which ones you 15 have? Fifteen inch screens. I got the twelve inch helix so, and then a ten inch. Nice. So damn. Both so you, helix. Yeah, you can go over a spot. You don't even need to make a cast as long as you know their bass. Mm-hmm. You, you they stick s- out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That's another thing that it, te- technology and I don't know. It, there's some game changers out there now. Absolutely, it's it's, it's changing the, the fishing. And then, world. so why do you run two fish finders on your boat as opposed to just say one? So one for the console while mm-hmm. I'm driving, so I don't even have to get up and mm-hmm. look. I can just drive over a spot, mark it, or leave it. And then I have the one on the trolling motor for that's when I'm fishing. Either I can notice depth changes while I'm going. Or, uh, you know, this past weekend at Maloney's, you had to drop straight down to them. And so you can look, you can watch your lure go down to them. You can watch them come up to the lure. Nice. Oh, so the transponder, is it transport? Transducer. Transducer. Transducer will pick up even a uh, the lure. Yeah. Okay. 
Depending on the sensitivity, sometimes it's a little bit different uh, with the sensitivity. Your dog's but, going at it down yeah, there. Yeah, he's grinding on something. It's, it's, not, it's not the four of us, guys, whoever's listening and wondering what that noise is. Stinking dog. Anyway. So, okay. So, and then, so you guys will just, how long do you spend doing that? Like when, before you're, will it be like an all day affair? Just dark to dark. Wow. If you're doing it right, it's dark to dark. Not, so you're, and not even making a cast. Right. Uh, no, I mean, cast, I make casts a lot. Okay. Um, you know, you can find the fish. I mean, I've I've had instances where I found the fish. But you just can't give them a bite. Yeah. So sometimes you got to throw your lures out there. But you, out what you don't want to catch them if you're pre-fishing, right? Because you want to save that for the actual tournament, right? Kind of. And that's one thing. Now that we're getting to like the ten and the twelve inch baits, you can cast over a point, and they'll follow it, but they won't eat it. So you can come back to that spot later with a jig or a drop something, shot. Right. Something, something that's smaller. Ooh, yeah, you can like, get them to show oh, themselves or a okay. fly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's haven't done that. So you guys will you, you'll intentionally throw a bigger one that you know they won't eat but they may follow just to expose themselves so you know for sure and you get a good visual on how big they are. Is exactly. that pretty much the goal? Absolutely. Okay. And then you mark it and then you boogie it in the next spot. Yep. It's awesome. Just of it, yeah. And then when you um you had another question, sorry. No, it's just it's to me. It's like playing video games and fishing at the same time. Yeah, you know? it is. It's kind That's of what what we call it. like it. It's, it's like, literally called video game fishing. <laughs> With, when you drop straight down, you watch them. Yeah, it's called. Yeah. And the industry is changing too. Like it used to be, where you're keeping these bass and and putting them in a live well and taking them to the end of the you know the tournament, weighing them out. But now there there's judges that will be on your boat and they actually see you weigh it, mark it, and then you're back. You let it go. So there's no live well and big like circle jerk at the end of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the big podium and all that stuff. I thought well, I always thought that was kind of crazy. I, and these guys can explain it better because I'm sure there's both still going on now. But Absolutely. it's changing, right? It's more going more that catch it, release. Is you, it tell, going, you tell us. Is it going like more analytics driven? Um. Well, we actually have both circuits coming out right now. Are we we have the Bassmaster Elite Series, which is, you know, where was the cream of the crop, you know, the best of the, the 100 best anglers in the, in the country. And then so recently this year is completely changed. The, the whole game has changed. So they came out with the Bass Pro Tour. And that is now you catch a fish, you weigh it in and there's a live leaderboard. So, you know, exactly where you are. Yeah. You know, if you're having a really good day or if you're doing a really bad. So that way you kind of know. So it's all mobile, mobile app driven. Uh, yeah. They have a okay. puck on the back of the boat off of the uh, the light pole. So you have like the the electricity source and then they use that as live and it's like it's live updates and everything like that. You have judges telling you whether you like it or not. If are there any like little like point deductions or anything like that yeah, that happens? If you drop like, the fish. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's cool. Bad point. I like deducted, that. Right? Well, it's, yeah. I think it's a time penalty, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You like you can't fish for the next two minutes uh, if the fish hits the deck, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. That. It's fun. Heck yeah, yeah. It adds and a whole it, new. And there's a conservation piece there too that I like. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's definitely better for the fish. You're not like mm-hmm. catching them 100 miles away like some of them do and then putting them in the live hole, driving them all the way back. Yeah. The fish relocation projects. <laughs> Stuffing rocks in, into their stomach or something like that. That, that, hap- that, that happened a lot, huh? Oh, yeah. There's been people that have been caught, caught, and- caught oh, cheating. Wow. Oh, yeah. So that the new tournament that's changed, it's the Bass Pro Tour. Yep, the Bass Pro Tour, gotcha. previously known as Major League Fishing. Okay. Um, so Major League Fishing it will be the TV show, I believe, and then so they Major League Fishing kind of sparked a whole new circuit off of uh, their concept, and they are now calling it the Bass Pro Tour. And eighty 
80 or 90 of the best anglers in the world have completely changed and gone to that. Wow. It, does it matter about age or they, is pretty much everybody doing that? It, that one's by invitation only. Okay. So they, they kind of chose new, who style. they wanted to fish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like they took Kevin Van Dam. So for people that don't know, Kevin Van Dam is the biggest person in bass fishing. They took him, they took Skeet Reese, you know, all the big, big, big names that, you know, the high ticket names. Yeah. He's like Claude they, Van Dam for action movies, basically. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, there's another guy that's up, that's up there too. I think he's an, an Asian gentleman, um, that's been killing it lately. No, I just there's, started watching these. There's a few. Yeah. I mean, Oh, Takahiro Mori. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yep. Um, but fun to watch. I, I like it better. You know, I think it's kind of, it's just an interesting format and I like it. That, that might be why they tweaked it just for spectators, you know, cause if there's a live leaderboard, that's a lot more interesting. I think if you're, you know, passively watching it than saying, having to wait for the podium and see who wins, mm -hmm. you know, it's more interactive with the fans for sure, because you have the live on like the broadcast on, on live. And then you have, you know, the people knowing how they're doing and, you know, the way that they sold the circuit to everybody was you have, you know, 250 TV hours or whatever it was. It was some like astronomical TV upgrade. And so like, that's a new way to bring in new sponsors. More sponsorships. Is you have, money. you know, you can, yeah. you can kind of maybe start to broaden our sponsorships outside of the fishing industry. You don't really have to just stick with the rod companies, the real companies and stuff like that. You might be able to go after the Walmart Adjacent industries. Yeah. Exactly. People that, you know, have the advertising dollars to spend. And, they, you know, they want to spend it, but they, they want to make sure they get the best bang for their buck. So now Very, it's kind of what they're. Uh, so are the are, are these bass boats that are in these tournaments and are they do they have little cameras on board that are streaming live video feeds? Yeah. OK. Have you guys been on board one that's doing that? Yeah, I actually the college, the Bassmaster, the Bassmaster bracket, they had the cameras. It wasn't a live feed, but it was for the show. Mm -hmm. And that was actually the first one of the first Bassmaster catchway release tournaments. They do the brackets the same way that the major league fishing does their, you know, catch and release. And are they little GoPros or are they bigger cameras? There was like the full on Damn. production camera. Wow. What about That's drones? Do cool. they bring it in drone shots? To, oh yeah. To, yeah. That's more so for the TV stuff, not the live stuff, but yeah. the TV, you know, the cool shots of everyone, you know, getting on plane in the morning and everything like that during right. blast off. But for the most part, that's just not, none of nothing for, for live. Wait, what's, what's blast off? That sounds fun. Oh yeah. So <laughs> all the boats are in the morning, you know, there's a hundred, 200 boats in the morning and there's a, the guy who's running the tournament, the tournament director basically picks a number out of the hat and says, okay, boat number 123, you guys are first. And so he starts it and says, okay, you know, doesn't us the national anthem and it's boat 123, go. Boat 124, go. And so you're just going out in the line. You have to all line up. And as soon as you hit that five mile an hour buoy, it's game to, game on. You know, you're it's a race to your spot. That's Bumper boats, it sounds like. Talk about these boats a little bit. I mean, you're going what? They're badass boats, 60, right? 60, yeah. 60, oh, yeah. 60 plus Most on the water. Most of them are. Mine, mine goes like 35. <laughs> 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 I'm like the guy that who has an early early launch, early blast off, and then just everyone's going by me on my way to the spot. But it's all right. <laughs> it says it, it's critical to have the fast boat, right? It yeah. helps. It definitely helps. Yeah, I get, I'm fortunate enough that my dad and brother have a Phoenix, a 920, and that's one of the nice, or one of the fastest boats on the market and nicest boats. But yeah, so that, what's the top speed on those things in miles per hour, not knots, because I won't know what, what knots are. Full. Yeah, we don't do knots either. Uh, oh, that's good. We're not I'm that I'm kind of liking bass fishing more and more. <laughs> 
Um, full tournament load, you know, full tanks of gas, water, you know, live well fills up, everything like that. Um, that boat will run about 75. <laughs> um, and that was before we we had, you know, the power poles and, you know, the nice Ultrex uh, toy motor on the front. Um, I think we got it up to 81, 82 once, once or twice. What's a power pole? Power poles are shower, shallow water anchors. So if you ever see the random poles that are sticking up next to the, the uh, motor, those basically collapse. Um, like they fold they in half. They telescope like, in, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of newer. Not a lot of people don't know what that term was. So I wanted their to, talons is a brand, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the Minkota. Uh, Minkotas, yeah, yeah, and they're just off the back of the boat, and they you hit a button, and they just stab down like ten feet, right? Yeah, um, eight, power pole has ten foot max. Uh, most of them are eight foot, and then the talons actually, I think they came out with a fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So why that over say an anchor or anchor lock? Oh, it's one on button, that. and it locks you in. So why why that then over say the anchor lock on the Minkota? Well, oh, that's yeah. where everything's changing. That's where everything's changing is going and towards what, those. The anchor it's, locks. It's okay. basically power poles or talons in infinite you know depth yeah. of water. It can yeah. be a thousand foot of water, and you're locked in the spot. And much cheaper. Yeah, right. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys wearing helmets going seventy five mile an hour across the lake? No, no. Like, I've gotten hit by switch. goose. Yeah, I've gotten hit by a goose before, straight <laughs> in the chest, running across. The <laughs> oh jeez, it's seventy five. <laughs> oh yeah, I, actually, yeah, in my dude. in my brother's boat. Did it knock the wind out of you at least? Oh, absolutely. I yeah, I was over there flailing somebody. like a fish in the passenger yeah. seat. And he like looks over. He's like, "What are you Laughing. doing, man?" <laughs> Bird strike. <laughs> I think that would, I would love that. 75 on water feels like you're going 125. Your hair on fire. Absolutely. Yeah. I've gone 100 on water, and it's like you feel like you're going a million miles an hour. It's weird. <laughs> so different. 80 is about my max without a capsule. That's that's where I draw the line. <laughs> that's, it's, that's where it gets squirrely. So go uh, start talk about that tournament from start to finish. You kind of started at the beginning where you have the uh, director you know, picking a hat or picking a number, and then the guys take off across the lake. Talk about like the timing and and just go through that real quick on on the whole tournament. Well, how it have, works and how it scores. You blast off and you have six to eight hours. That's your own time. You got to catch the five biggest fish you can, and then you come back. You weigh in, and then uh, really that it gets more complicated when you have multiple day tournaments because mm-hmm. you have to manage your fish. Because if you blow out a spot, and then you come back to it the next day, you're not going to have the fish. So or if you keep too small of a fish, exactly. You want to, you got to make sure you're. You know so there's some, a lot of strategy. It sounds like too. Yeah, there's a lot of fish management. That's where pre-fish fish comes management. in. You want to have multiple spots rather than just one good spot. And so you have multiple spots you can work. You know, you catch three fish here, you can move to another one. You can save those fish for tomorrow. And that's where pre-fish is, uh, you know, a really big deal. This dog's just getting into that bone, man. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a. Uh, Talk about your gear a little bit. Oh, man. My mom's going to kill me for this because <laughs> I spent so much money on, on gear, man. It's, it's it's astronomical. You know, you I have, you know, 10 to 15 rods, and that's not enough. I mean, yeah. you have every single day you can – I could make a $100 tackle warehouse order and not have everything <laughs> for the next year. There's so many things. I have over 20 tackle boxes, and those are – Pretty much full to the brim. It's just, Jeez, it's smoke. never ending tree ornaments, just like my mom says, tree ornaments. Yeah, and sure that stuff. So we, Chad and I, we go to the river. We we bring like three, you know, a couple rods and 
our pack, you know, and it feels like we've got a lot of stuff with three fly rods, you know, that we're mm-hmm. hiking into a stream. But you'll have like 15 bo- uh, rods sitting on the ground, right? Ready yeah. to go. But they're just hopefully, rigs, right? Hopefully Is not. That, I like, guess if it's a time-based thing, you, it's even tying on new stuff takes time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Gonna, you want to be able to pick up that. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You break one off, it's on to the next one. It's, yeah. you don't, yeah. I mean, time is everything in this game. I mean, you have six to eight hours. I mean, I know that sounds like a ton of time. It's really no, not. No, it's not. It goes by quick. When you're fishing, it goes by like yeah. instant. Absolutely. So, um, reels, rods, what kind of, some favorites that you guys like? Now let's maybe, maybe do with one that's like a, a good introductory setup for somebody getting into it. And then what, like the top end that you like to, you like to do. So I've gotten, let's see, introductory. You know, I, I got an Okuma like real or like a. I got a good, you know, introductory one. So, uh, Powell, the Powell Infernos are a hundred dollars. Um, and I, how I started and how I talked, like when I talked to all the youth about starting up is everything needs to be utility rod. So you can't really do your specialty stuff. So what I mean by utility is you can throw multiple different baits on it. So like a seven foot three to a seven foot six medium heavy action, which is, it can do pretty much like probably eight out of the 10 things in your tackle box. So you have like a utility spinning rod and a utility casting rod. Um, I know we're weird. We have, you know, the different kinds of no. reels and everything. Bait like that. caster, yeah. right? Bait casting rod versus spinning reel. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, but everything is utility. So, like, I try to stay around the $100 range. I know that sounds like a lot, but when you're, you know, fishing, when it's fishing rods, I mean, you want to have, you know, the the higher end of the lower end stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the PAL, what's it called? The PAL? PAL Inferno. PAL Inferno. It's a pretty sweet rod, actually. It's it's uh, orange and black. Does it float when it falls in the water? Is that one of the... Um, the Powell uh, Endurance does. Okay. I don't know about the Infernos. Um, and If you have a giant reel on it, that's super heavy. I don't think it's gonna, any uh, rod's right. going to float. But if you have a decent I reel I heard they're it, coming Did you guys up. know that used to be a fly fishing company? Yes, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, right out of Chico. Right over off West 8th Ave. They, that's where the kind of the name They've blew up. They've been open for over 100 years, right? Like 1913 or something like that, correct? Yeah, the Yeah, the great, great, the, you know... Uh, Walt Powell and then um, what the heck is the other? Eugene Powell, um, his grandfather, right. his dad. We got to get this bone from this dog. It's <laughs> driving me crazy. Can you somebody take it from him? Jeez, <laughs> relax. But uh, yeah, that and the name uh, the company got sold, and now they're strictly pretty much bass bass rods. Yep. Um, and then the guy Jason is related somehow to yeah, that yeah. To that gentleman. I believe Keith. Yeah. yeah, Keith yeah. Bryan is the guy yeah. who owns it now. Yep. I want to say it's like something in the family, like a brother-in-law or in-law somewhere, something like that, some kind of connection mm. that way. Cool. So what about, uh, that's rod. What about reel? Um, I started out fishing a lot of uh, Abu Garcia's, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, the Silver Maxes, Black Maxes, but I've really gotten turned on to the uh, Daiwa, the Tatulas. Um, okay. I think those are, you know, the best bang for your buck, and they actually just came out with like a, a 80 to $100 reel. And those they've gotten rave reviews for the price point. Is that and the Revo? Is it the Re? No, uh, that's Abu what Garcia I was the Revo. I throw Revos. Oh, okay, you do. Yeah, I've got the the Rocket. Yeah, and then uh, I have the Winch. They everyone makes reels, right? It's just kind of personal preference. It's all perf- like all Shimano personal. got into the game too, right? They used to do like handbrakes and stuff for bikes. <laughs> oh yeah, Shimano has <laughs> they've everything. They've been doing they fishing reels, reels forever. They have. 
and then maybe they did reels first, then it got into bicycles parts. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't they I do don't like know. pianos and stuff like that we're, too? We're bridging like four generations here. So <laughs> I don't know. a lot knows? of companies split up. You know, Titleist is now making ha- is doing some hatch. I think it's a spin off of that or something. But really, um, cool. What about um, line? What kind of line yeah, are we that throwing was my on? Next question. You thrown on what these? You guys fish line wise. I usually stick to Seaguar, but. Uh, like braid, mono, fluoro, it all depends on the situation. We use cigar as well. Yeah. That's a lot of personal preference. I'm personally a Sunline guy. My brother turned me on to Sunline. Um, so that's kind of where I lean. Uh, but when it comes to braid, I don't really have a personal preference or anything like that. But I'm mostly Sunline for everything. There's a Japanese brand that's it's pretty inexpensive and it's pretty good. That's the one I typically use. Or you, you know what I'm talking about? You, know the name, you remember the it, name of it? No. Is but it Sunline? Yeah. They're they're Japanese based. Is it? They have some Japanese like on their shooter, like it's the higher end. They have a uh, little Japanese writing on the package, so maybe that's red them. and white. Yeah, yeah, that's probably it. That's, that's pro- them. Probably it. Um, yeah, I, that's when I will fish hard baits as well on the sack for striper and stuff, oh, and, yeah. and that's typically what we'll run. Yeah, do you guys fish the river much to go after striper or anything like that? I haven't, but I've seen the videos are just crazy. Like, I didn't know they had them in the river there's right some, there. There's yeah. some pretty big fish in there, man. Yeah, I fished with my buddy Sean Anderson out there a couple of times. Uh, I know Sean. Yeah, Sean's taken me out a few times, uh, just kind of prospecting for his guide trips and everything like that. Right. Um, I haven't caught a big one yet, sadly, but I've caught a few bass. Caught a few bass. Nice. Yeah, There's. it's fun. I, it's it's one of my favorite things to do, you know? It's like saltwater fishing to me, just chasing those big bastards around. I've gotten two... Uh, up to 50 pounds on fly rods before and um wow. it's pretty awesome i'll sh- show you a picture when, when we're done but um i learned a lot through just fishing conventional gear you know you, you learn about those fish and what they do and that those kind of those hard baits have kind of changed changed the industry quite a bit you know what what do you mean by hard baits like are you talking like glide yeah, baits no, or? yep glide baits thank you for you know, clarifying that fly fish for a minute. <laughs> so that's what I always call it a hard bait, but yeah, the glide baits and you so know, you pencil guys, poppers and stuff like that. You guys are literally on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Like fly is, you know, the smallest little thing. And then you have the well, big how, old $200 glide bait. How right. big of a fly are you throwing? It can be anywhere from, you know, three to six inches. Yeah. Depending. I know like my buddies have some, my buddy has some like eight inch trout flies. Yeah. They're hard to throw when they start getting that big. It gets, it gets tough to throw those things around, but. Um, I know there's register out here, 13 pound, you know, there's 13 pound bass out there. Yeah. Somebody stuck like a 12 pounder uh, last month, I think. And there's a lot showing up, large mouth too, showing up on the sack as well. What can, so locally, what lakes do you guys like to go to, to my favorite lake is clear lake. I feel like I'm, I know that lake pretty much like the back of my hand. I mean, for the most part, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things I don't know, Yeah, but, um, I'm very comfortable there. I mean, I've done fairly well in tournaments there. Um, so I feel like I can go there and catch the biggest fish. I mean, clear like it's littered full of, you know, four or five, six pound bass. So that's where, oh, wow. you know, I love to go. What's the record on that lake? Oh, um, like 16, 17. Yeah. Wow. There was a guy who caught a 15 and a half there two years ago. Something like that. Damn. Holy cow. It's a monster. A bass like that, you'd think its eyes are like popping out of its head. Oh, yeah. They're it's so fat, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the size of silver dollars and just completely bulging out of their head for sure. <laughs> but where else besides Clear Lake? Um, well, around here, like the Orville, the ponds, 
by the river. Oh, really? Yeah, the wildlife refuge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's good fishing in there. Huh? I've yeah. heard that before. I've never been down in there. Yeah, I, I figured. Thought, I thought my waders might melt like the if, I stick, area? if I stick my foot. You started <laughs> yeah. about the after bay area. No, like a little beyond that, like close to it. Okay, real close to it, but a little bit further south. Oh, cool. when they built the dam, like they dredged out all those rocks, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's just all these pool, all these basically man-made lakes. Like, all, oh, so you just kind of like walk around and yep. bang fish in there. That's cool. And I heard there was some good bassing in there, but never yeah. actually done it. I've had like I've had days where like my five biggest were all over five pounds. Damn. Wow. But they're like I don't think they get huge in there. My biggest is like six and a half. I think you might need to take me to these ponds. <laughs> <laughs> you ever fished the one off ninety nine right there? Yeah, I yeah. fished it a few times. Yeah. I was uh helping test out a bait for River to see, you know, the the whopper a whopper plopper ninety. Yeah, the it's got a I've seen those the guy threw one. I started laughing so freaking hard. It's that thing's it's basically got a propeller in the back of it that spins when you bring oh, yeah. it in. It needs oh, yeah. running lights, basically. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I, you ripped on that? Um, I caught a few on it. Yeah. It was like February or something like that. This dude right got after. crushed when I was... Really? Yeah. They get hit smashed. so hard. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I've I, seen a couple tournaments get one on that for sure, and you would never guess it. I picked it up, and I was like, what is this bait? You know, I'm like, it just, you know, spits water everywhere. It just sounds stupid, but... It gets it done. That's topwater bassing or topwater for anything. It's just like us fishing dry flies. You know, that's like what we want. That's what most fly anglers want to do. They want to see that trout come up and take something off the surface. But the same, it's just like bassing, right? I mean, you guys, if you could, you prefer to throw something on the the surface. So, are there certain lakes or certain times of the year when the when the bass are more uh, say apt to feed on the top versus underneath? Absolutely, like. You start coming in. Well, the earlier, the better. Like if you can get on a topwater bite in February, those fish haven't seen it since like November. Okay. So you can get on a way better bite and then February, March, April, and then it'll really turn on until about November. And so the whole warm, they, they usually won't hit it when it's cold, but, uh, but if you can find them when it's cold and they'll hit top water, it's cool. it's fun. <laughs> what? Um, go ahead. You're gonna ask something. Mm-mm. Um, what the hell was I gonna say about that? What? So when do they spawn? I've seen them spawning in February, but April, March, April, May. Okay. For I've also seen them spawning sure. in June. It's different for for every body of water. Oh, it's much. all it's all based on moon phase and water temp. Um, there's actually, I mean, some people say this in Clear Lake, um, I've actually heard multiple people swear by it. Me personally, I do too. Um, there's some people or fish will lock up like they're spawning in October, November when the daytime is about the same as, you know, when they spawn in April and the moon phases are about right. Mm. They'll go up and they'll lock up on beds. Not actually spawn, but they're, they're like, they're getting ready. Yeah. Yeah, They're, they, they feel like everything's dinner in a movie, but they're not closing the deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We had Netflix that, without chill. We had that full moon. <laughs> we had that full moon like yesterday, two days yeah, ago. Yeah, And I I found one on a bed, just a little tiny male. Uh, yeah, three days ago. So full moon, don't don't even bother. It's it's gonna be tough fishing. Or full moon is when they'll spawn during the spawn season. That's okay. when the big huge wave comes up. Um, like I said mm. earlier, I mean, right now they'll they'll lock up, but they don't have lay, eggs in them. So Earlier in the year, about the the you know the end of February, the March, the April's, and the May, 
they'll spawn up and they'll lock up on beds and they'll they'll have eggs in them. You can tell. I mean, you catch yeah, a fish and it's, my, it's, it's fat. You can yeah. you know poke the belly and it's just it it's full. You yeah. can tell. Um, better to be on it before you know hit them before they get on the beds or after, as far as the bite goes. During. Okay, during. Because you don't they're, want them they're to be guarding those beds, basically, right? Is that the theory? So, yes. so you're doing like territorial kind of stuff. Yeah. Just the, oh yeah. Throw big, ugly, scary stuff at them. So oh, basically, yeah. the male will go up on the bed. It'll make the bed, and you can tell when they're starting to get on beds is because their tails will be bloody. So mm. you can tell when the males are starting to go up, and then like overnight, the females will move up, and then they'll do their thing for about twelve hours. And what I mean by that is they'll roll on each other. And the male will be trying to knock the the eggs out, and then that female will hang about hang around for you know an hour to a couple days. So that's about the time where she's territorial over, over her eggs where you want to catch them because you want to catch the female because she's going to be bigger because she's been holding the eggs in and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the male's very territorial. So, I mean, that's about the best time is as soon as they do it, you know, they want to they wanna be territorial over their stuff. Hmm. And do you start with like a top water presentation? What do you guys start with? What do you, what's your go? Uh, on a spawning. Yeah. If, you're, a spawning if you're on fish. a bed. I'm going to start out with like, I'll pitch a jig in there. Something to like put on the bed. Cause they, if you mean if like you run, accuracy wise, yeah, the exactly. jigs better to throw. Okay. Cause if you roll something over their heads, they're probably not going to be as threatened as if that thing comes directly through. And they're going to, mm-hmm. so you throw it past their bed and then drag it yep. over the top or exactly. something. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're pretty skittish. They'll, you'll, you know, you can't stay like most of the time, unless they're dead locked on, you can't stand on top of them. So you have to like blind cast them. Like you have to like, all right, I'm going to line it up with that tree or that piece of grass kind of thing to know like where to cast. And I mean, in the morning, I'll throw a top water because they don't like that stuff in the morning. So you can throw like a, a popper or something like that. That can be very deadly mm. um, sometimes of the year. But I like to personally uh, like blind cast a Cinco and I like to stay way off of them. What's That's a Cinco m- worm? Uh, it's a stick bait, a uh, five to six inch stick bait. Soft that- plastic worm. Yeah. Okay. It just wiggles when it goes down. looks like a little worm. I don't know what it looks like, but it catches fish. So uh, if there's a, a lot of grass, like let's say, do you? And we were talking about this earlier. Is that there? There could be a weed bed or some kind of like a, just an area. It almost looks like a circle. Like a there's no grass. It's clear in the middle, mm-hmm. and those fish are right down in the middle of that, right? Yep. With grass yeah. all oh, yeah. around. It's them. about the size of a big exercise ball, it, and then yeah. it's oh, just yeah. hollowed out like a donut in the middle. How do you? How do you? What, what would you be your? Uh, first of all, I think my my first question attack. is that is that a bed? Is that like a they've they've done that? The fish have made those. Sometimes it's hard spots. Um, it can be different depending on like the you know where you're fishing, like the delta. It's hard and soft spots and everything like that. The Clear Lake. It's more than likely hard and soft spots, but sometimes of the year it really is beds. Um, that's actually how my partner and I did well in a BASS tournament. We were literally just looking for the grass where there's a hole, and you just cast your sinko right into the hole, and that is primarily and during certain times of the year that's what you look for. You literally okay. just drive around on the trolling motor looking for those those spots. And when you say hard spots or soft spots. What do you mean by that? In the uh, bottom. So like toolies and stuff like that, they don't grow in the rocks. They'll grow more so in like the, the soot and stuff. everything like that. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's a soft spot? Yes, yes. Okay. And then the hard spot would be more like the rocks and everything like okay. that. That's what right I thought you were talking about. I just wanted to cl- yeah, just wanted to clarify. Yeah. The lingo, man. A whole different world. <laughs> and even if, even if it's not a bed, the fish will still relate to that hard spot because – one, it's a place where they can ambush, ambush stuff that comes out. Yep. Or for before they make the bed, 
Like that's a great start. They're not going to go digging through the weeds if they okay. have a hard spot right there. So hard spots like structure when we talk structure. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You find your, and that's another uh, great place to target, right? Some sticks or debris that are hanging out. Absolutely. Transitions are everything. Anything that can be an ambush spot. Transition. So you're saying like a, like a hill, like with a tree on it that like drops off into a bucket type of thing. Is that what you're. It can be anything like at Oroville. It can be red clay to the, you know, the pea gravel that they have, or it could be, you know, rocks to like big pebble rocks to small rocks and then everything like that. It could be, you know, a mud bank with a tree in the middle. It's something that's different that they can relate to. Some kind of structure difference that they can relate to. Hmm. When, when you say relate, like literally get their bearings, is that is that what it is? Like Anything they can use to like push bait against. So okay. you go from that mud to the rocks. Those bait fish are swimming along the mud and then they can pin them against the rocks or they pin oh, okay. them against the tree. Okay. It just try to try to put your lure where it has less places to go. And that's where the bass are trying to get it. Yeah, ambush points. You guys eat bass? No. <laughs> no. I was just curious if you keep them and check what's in their gut, you know, and do any, do anything I, like that. Like pre-fishing? Yeah, sometimes in pre-fishing tournaments, you're not allowed to put them in the live well. But like before that, I'll put them in the live well. And usually they'll spit up, up like something. crawdads, shad, bluegill, mm. whatever. You guys do stomach pumps? No. No. Mm-mm. That's actually how they've caught a few people cheating, actually. Oh, that's not. They'll use the sand or put something down. In, yeah, like in there was dirt. a guy, I think, in Texas or somewhere back east. He was throwing lead weights down their, their <laughs> gully. And he, like, he had a dead fish one time. And they like, cause they would, like every dead fish for the tournament, they would chop it up. They'd fillet it and then they'd give it to the homeless. Like they cook it and give it to the homeless. Yeah. Well, they chopped up this one fish and it had <laughs> lead weights in it. And they're like. Well, that was a bigger fish. So they kind of looked through. The, they kind of looked through everything, and so the fish had like sunk to the bottom of the tank. And so the next day, it was a two-day tournament. The next day, they comes in and they're like, "Hey, like we want to check your fish after you weigh in." Like so, that, like they did the top ten or whatever, and they filleted them, and literally all five of this guy's fish had lead in them. And Jeez. so we got to banned forever. That's how they caught them is because they did that exact thing. Damn. Oh, an idiot. Jeez. Giggity. Can't fix stupid. <laughs> Um, I had a thought and you were thinking about all this cool stuff going on and fishing. And so I thought that, um, these tournaments were changed because for basically, um, uh, I I didn't think it was for advertising dollars. It sounds like that's why they changed like the the format of it, but I was thinking it was more like protecting these species, protecting the fisheries, you know, not taking all these bass out. Just kind of a whole different. Just run. really more advertising available. It's all about the money. Yeah. Well, it seems hours, like. if you hours. look at the sport of bass fishing, when it first came out, um, it was like the very first Bassmaster Classic. You fished for I think like fifty thousand dollars. The last Bassmaster Classic that they just fished for was three hundred thousand dollars. If you like, if you do like all the inflation rates and everything like that, like, like it's pretty much the same thing. So in fifty years, we really haven't grown the sport. It like astronomically like if you look at the pga tour there's not a person on the pga tour that's not making money but you look at the bassmaster tour there's 10 percent of the people that are actually making a living it's people like that the don't UFC, have debt. it sounds like yeah exactly so it's basically all to help the bass fishing sport grow and it's not all around advertising dollars but i guess it is because everyone wants to be able to make a living make their house payments make their truck payments sure. and just the way that the bassmaster elite series was going and i think it's progressing to 
as like the BASS foundation, I think that's what they're they're progressing towards. But I think that anglers kind of felt that it wasn't going the right way in a certain amount of time. So that's kind of why they changed more towards the advertising dollars because they want to bring in outside money outside of the fishing industry. Uh, Makes yeah. sense. So it's and it's huge east of the Rockies, basically, right? I mean, it's there's not a whole lot of tournaments taking place on the West Coast. Absolutely, right? Like it's a totally different atmosphere. Yeah. Like the bass fishing industry west and east. Right. Like everyone does it back there. Yeah. So do you guys do you guys have like conservation groups like say the trout trout fishing does like we have cal trout and we have trout unlimited and they you know mostly focus on freshwater and adermis waters do you guys do stuff like that is there any no way no. <laughs> not even no, like they have, we, they we have should sh- they but. have shirts with patches you know and <laughs> yeah. a lot of sponsorships <laughs> yeah like <laughs> a lot of money it should be though huh yeah, yeah. That, that definitely would, would not hurt we have the like the uh dfg like they come out and they go like they monitor our tournaments but we don't have conservation groups like we have to pull permits and everything like that for our tournaments and you can like if you have a certain amount of like dead fish and stuff like that they're like hey like we're not gonna let you have any tournaments anymore if, like yeah you know half the field brings in dead fish so it really is dependent on your dead fish numbers like there's i fish tournaments where there's zero dead fish mm-hmm. so they really don't have to focus on that because we aren't killing anything but if there's a tournament where there's a lot of uh, like dead fish, like there was a tournament a couple of years ago on the Delta um, where there was a ton of dead fish and he lost his rights to yeah. the, the waterways for two years because there was too many dead fish. So I think it's kind of a self-monitoring system. Hmm. And like, yeah. and and I guess what I'm asking is like, you know, some of the, some folks in the trout industry or fit, fly fishing industry, like they'll do a river cleanup day. Anglers will just go out and pick up trash in their boats or along the creeks and stuff. Uh, yeah, we don't do that. Um, I think some of the high school teams are starting to do that a little bit. Um, maybe we should get into that with the Chico State Bass Team. Um, but for the most part, I haven't even heard of that. You're building habitat. Sometimes throw a Christmas tree into into a hole or something. Or That's a little illegal. <laughs> <laughs> it's considered like spiking the water or whatever, like really? creating a, a structure. And so like since we are the only people that know about it that are like putting the structure into the lake, it's, yeah. it's illegal because hmm. it's not. There's common knowledge. Some water that weighs the like rivers and stuff that we need to do that. We need to bring in boulders. We need to bring in some some of the structure to get the fish to stop, get them to hold because they're just not doing what they used to. The rivers will come and flush I, everything. I just out. had a brilliant idea. I'm gonna chuck every time my brother in law and sister have a have Christmas. The Take. Christmas tree is going off the deck <laughs> right in the lake because they've got like lakefront. So yeah, just throw it, chuck it out. Smallies there. will love it. Dude, it'd be perfect. Not a bad Just idea. Just get better year after year. Make sure you give me that waypoint. I like it. Will do. <laughs> uh, yeah, the I know a lot of those those big tournaments would love to come out here, but there's no place that can support it, right? I mean, that's one of the biggest concerns. That, or no, is well, that Clear Lake in the Delta? Clear Lake can yeah. I mean, they went out to Havasu too, hmm. and uh, like the first Bassmaster Classic was on Lake Mead. Okay. Really, it's like it's the fan base. That, Back oh, east, that supports it. The interest in the tournament. It's not really a facility is, that can take that can handle it. It's more just will enough people show up. Exactly. There's a lot of people back east that I mean, we actually had a BASS uh, Elite Series tournament that was going to come out here next year for Clear Lake. They were going to do a West Coast swing. They were going to do uh, the Columbia River yep. and the California Delta. That got pulled because of the whole you know the Bass Pro Tour coming out, um, you know, allegedly. But um, Everybody complained about the long drive because everyone lives in Alabama, mm-hmm. you know, Georgia, Arkansas, everyone like that. So it's central to pretty much all the tournaments that are around. 
they don't have to drive all the way from the West Coast. Like there's very few people that are from the West Coast that stay when they make it big. Like I, there's a few people, but they have like drivers and stuff. I was just going to say, don't they have people that will drive their boats out or? One or two people. I think Skeet and Ish are the only people that do. Um, but I mean, it's a completely added expense if they come out West and they're yeah. with the majority of the team or, or the field living back East. They just don't really come out here as much because it's so much more in gas and so much more in, you know, hotel. You have to fly your whole family out if they travel. Just it's too much for them to do. I think we should have a, some kind of a trout tournament, fly fishing tournament, trout or something like that. That'd be cool. They have, what were you mentioned? You mentioned one earlier about the, the Delta. Oh yeah. The, the bass and fly. Bass and fly. Costa Del Mar puts that on. Yep. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, I might want to have to do that here next year. You want to go do that? I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about your most memorable bit. You guys talked about these big bass that you caught, but like takes or big, like some kind of a bass that you caught that you just is the one that either the one that got, got away. away. Yeah, yeah. The one that got away. We took Jad and I talk breakers. all the time. Like we'll go on a trip and we, you never remember the fish you land, <laughs> but you remember the ones that get off. Right. You, you'll always remember that one. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting, but any good stories in that? In that realm, or oh. falling into the lake, the worst hooking your hand with a barb. The worst ones know. for me is is uh, like you'll pull up on a bedfish, and like we, me and my dad fished for one. That was like uh, pulling up on a what bedfish? Uh, one of them that's spawning, locked uh, on a bed, spawning. Okay, okay. And it was like eighteen to nineteen pounds. <laughs> what? Like ridiculous. And like we sat there for four hours, and it, it, they're they're so smart. We never. Never bit. That sounds like elk hunting. You got to like just put a blind up and wait for it to come back. Yeah. That's it's, insane. It's, yeah, Damn. it's tough seeing that because it was in five, six feet of water, but there's nothing we can know. do. I don't necessarily know that I have like one fish that sticks out for me. Um, just that goose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that hit me. I didn't catch that. <laughs> That's a story. I mean, I, I have a, pretty you know some some you know, pretty cool fish stories that i've been able to experience um you know going back east and fishing and everything like that but yeah. i can't necessarily think of one fish that you know that i lost i think the biggest fish that i've ever hooked is the one that i caught that 1095 i don't i no idea what happened during the catch like i hooked it <laughs> and blacked, blacked out. out i blacked out <laughs> i saw it i remember hooking it and it was like oh man this is a big one and then it jumped and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a really big one. And then I can't tell you what happened between the 10 minute or 10 seconds from where I saw it jump to landing it. All I know is when I landed it, I freaked out, made an absolute fool out of myself. There was a <laughs> boat right on the other side of the, you know, the creek channel. And I was like, took like five minutes to, you know, get back up. I was all shaky and stuff like that. And then I like, I really had to talk with myself. I was like, I just made a fool out of myself, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Big big fish like that'll do that. I love the shake after a, a big fish like that. It's the best feeling in the world. Living, yeah. That's awesome. Do you guys do any salt? Have you ever gone after any like bass on the salt? No. I haven't. That's what I was going to ask next. Like, what you guys probably watch a lot of shows. Is there a species you want to go catch, like peacock or that tarpon tar right there? Tarpon. That sounds. Seeing tarpon fights, it just seems crazy. They're one of the best, I think, to yeah, fight. Yeah, that's what I heard. They're pretty, pretty acrobatic and fun. They're fun. I think I've done my bucket list trip though. I went to Alaska. Already, how old are you? 
Uh, 21. <laughs> you gotta give yourself some time. <laughs> I went. I went to Alaska though two summers ago, and nice. we stayed right on the Kenai River, and literally would fish off the like off the bank, right off our balcony, catch the fish, fillet it, and eat it that night. And I was a once in a lifetime thing. And I fished. We fished halibut one of the days, oh, and that cool. was awesome. What absolutely awesome? What kind of what of the five salmon were you catching? What was uh, uh, sockeye and then red salmon? Yeah, I caught a. 30 some odd pound uh, red and that was the biggest fish that I've ever caught. And wow. Nice. That's a, a big red. Rod. On a spinning rod and like a little uh, spinner. Whatever. I think that's what you guys call them, right? A little yeah. spinner. Fly fishing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a little bit different. But yeah, <laughs> a lot of guys on. fish beads over there. Line it. They line a lot of salmon over there. But I, that's why I haven't even done that yet. Yeah, we were it's, doing it's on that. on my bucket list. I haven't been to Alaska yet. That's how we were doing it off for our in the river on, on the on the balcony. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Yeah. It's pretty peacock pretty bass. Cool. You ever want to thought about going and chasing peacock in the Amazon? Yeah, I think I, I still think I'll take that tarpon trip first. Tarpon trip first, yeah. yeah. A Florida Keys trip wouldn't be too bad either. Yeah. I've thought about that. They have times. those peacock bass in Florida, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they not as big, but yeah. yeah. I mean, they get up to 20 pounds in the Amazon in some of those <laughs> rivers. Mutants. Yeah. But a buddy of mine went and did that trip. He he tried to uh, he was going to jump in as a houseboat. They flew in on a plane, landed in the river, and then got on a houseboat and went up and down this river to and fishing, you know. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, Jasta Lake. I'm going to jump off the houseboat." And the guy's like, uh, 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 "Don't, yeah, don't go in there, you know." The piranhas and he, he said whatnot. that there's catfish in there that are big enough to eat you. Oh my what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big catfish. <laughs> the first guy that noodled. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. Oh. Biggest nuts on the planet. Absolutely. <laughs> First dude. Can you imagine the guy? How dumb you have to be to do that? Jesus. You guys ever tried that? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely yes. not. Do you have? You have? If like some of the inlets at uh, New Maloney's, my home lake, the carp will sit under the, like, under the ledge that the creek makes. Yeah. And you can like reach your arms under there. That's what I was going to wonder about the bass because they get, like you said, they get on these beds and they lock up if you could sneak in and try to grab one. But I've, I've done it before oh, yeah? in like a pond, That's not awesome, so much man. like right. sneaking up on it, yeah, yeah. but that we saw a huge crawdad and it just freaked the bass out. And so I moved my hand like a crawdad. I just took, put my hand in the water and it, and it just, just would attack on. my hand. Whoa. Whoa. Something to think about next tournament, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what pound test are you guys fishing? Yeah, in I was these tournaments? Ask that. I forgot to ask. I've lowest I've caught them on in a tournament's like six pound, super clear water, like Lake Shasta. Does, does that differentiate you from like the pros by being able to drop that test down and still produce big bass? Is that um somewhat? Because most it, of the time you see them hook and they're just they're, they're getting it in as fast as they can and you know pulling into the boat. Got to be using. It totally depends on the yeah. situation. Like yeah. last. Two days ago, I threw six pound and I threw twenty five pound. Hmm. Water clarity, water clarity, with it. and your lure size. So I've always seen like a the worm set up like a Texas, you know, mm-hmm. where the, you got the sliding bullet weight on top, and it comes down. The hook barely, you know, fits into the worm, and then the pressure of their mouth or whatever, you know, basically penet- you know, allows the hook to go through the worm and then hooks the fish right yeah. when they bite mm-hmm. it. Well, I see a lot of these guys and kids, even over here on this pond behind our office, that are they have the hook halfway through the worm what's the deal with that the wacky rig is that yeah that's what's, what it's yeah. called what so what what's up with that that's Explain just kind of more things. of a 
easy technique to catch fish on. Okay. If you're throwing a Texas rig, it really helps you take pick apart a piece of structure because oh. you can get it in the wood, you can get it out. When you throw a wacky rig, you can go around the structure. But if you're just starting out fishing and you throw that wacky rig with that hook in the middle, the bass eats it and he's hooked. With that Texas rigged, with that Texas rigged worm, you have feel. to you have to feel the bite. You have to set the hook. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on your skill level. Mm. And there have been times I won a tournament on Maloney's, and the second day it got tough, and we went to that wacky rig because you couldn't really feel them bite. Wacky rig. It's kind yeah. of a, a do know, nothing weird. bait. That's why they call it a stick bait. And when you hook it wacky, oh, stick it, bait. So this is back to okay, the back to it'll, stick bait. Yeah, it'll like wiggle going down. And when it's Texas rigged, it has weight on it, so it just kind of falls straight down. And so Texas rigged is weedless, wacky rigs obviously not because you have the exposed hook. Right, but it's right. it's more the presentation of how it's falling. Um, if you want the bait to be on the bottom, or the fish are suspended like on a dock piling or something like that, you want to throw more of a, a like a wacky rig because it'll it'll stay in that strike zone just a little bit longer as it falls. Good stuff. <laughs> so you about, guys, oh, go ahead. I was just thinking about putting on a wacky, setting up a wacky rig on your. No, fly rod? for my. I, I need to get my nephew on some fish. I know. Huh? Get up there, yeah. Um, okay, so how about you? We were talking about recruitment before we hit the record button. So what's going on? Yeah, Tell us about funny. you. It sounds like you're a little it. top heavy on membership I was right now. Bring that up. Yeah. So we've got majority seniors and juniors, and uh, we're actually going to go down to the high school fishing is huge, especially even out here, like seventy boat tournaments. Damn. That's good to hear. That's killer. Yeah. College fishing, not so much. Like it's good to hear. That just means there's just, there's more presence coming exactly. up in these younger generations, which exactly. I thought it was going the opposite way. Yeah, it was for a while. Yeah, it definitely was. And now, Fortnite. <laughs> 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 and now, like the Clear Lake tournament we went to, there was twenty five college boats and seventy high school boats. Wow! So wow. we're definitely looking to tap in and get some of those kids to come to Chico State. Absolutely. And, you know, the another really big thing for us is, you know, high school anglers. And it's not just getting into the, uh, the industry of, you know, the, the fishing, you know, the whole, you know, fishing, you know, uh, you know atmosphere. It's it's all about, you know, where like the next step is we're building, you know, the, the smallest level. Of, you know, there's there's even like junior high teams like they, mm-hmm. we have some junior high teams. You know, now we're going to high school fishing. You know, I've gone through pretty much every every program there's possible i I fish junior bass i fish high school and to see the high school blow up is awesome but we need to really start to think about the next step after high schools because like bass they took one of our our only western divisional tournament away from us this year because Mm -hmm. we didn't have enough boats last year they had 25 boats and 13 of them were from alabama and oklahoma and everything like that they were all back east so we really need to work focus now that we've kind of started the high school we need to think about the next step and that's you know getting a boat getting a partner and coming to whether it's chico state you know fresno state asu something like that that has a, a an established team already and you know having a boat to fish out of and that's that's main for us is we have so a lot you mean of like a team in. boat basically either that or you know mom and dad's boat mm-hmm. let them take it take it out you know, or friends a, yeah access a to a boat that's the biggest challenge in college fishing because with the high school tournaments you have a boat captain so say your dad takes his boat and you and your friend and you fish or you have you have a boat captain and he drives his boat around. College fishing, 
It's just the two anglers. Mm-hmm. So you have to be someone who can be trusted with someone else's boat or your home boat. Right. right. And I think that's where the the difference in numbers. Backup trailer in the water. (laughs) Oh, dude, it's hilarious trying to watch some of these college kids do it. Oh, my gosh. They got a button now on those trucks. Oh, yeah, those (laughs) boards they have the trailer assist. Yeah, it's so funny. (laughs) So how do you – so more money? I mean, if you have the more boats in these tournaments, is there money a problem? Is there not much of a prize? What's the the issue, do you think? The the big issue is the boat. Yeah, I mean, you got we have twenty members and and a boat that can handle two. Right. You got exactly. like a throughput problem on the boat. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Huh. But I mean, the the cash. I mean, they don't really what give us the price. Yeah. Well, so for FOW, if you win, it's two thousand dollars, and obviously you split that up, you know, between your team. So it's one thousand dollars each person. And every club set up different. Um, I mean, I know ours isn't really set up to where the angler gets all the money. Um, it's more, it's more so geared. If you want to go to nationals, we'll help pay for nationals. Um, but I mean, I know that clubs like when Sac State had a club, they literally, uh, my buddy Robert Matsura won, won like a seventeen thousand dollar boat, and he saw zero dollars. Um, so it really depends on how your your club is set up. We have it set up to where the anglers get a little bit of money, um, enough to like kind of try, cover your expenses if you win. Um, but I mean, there's not a lot of money in college fishing. We're actually trying to work on a college fishing program that'll hopefully get us uh, more tournament draws and things like that. It's not necessarily like a college team based. It's more college, like the make age. sure you're enrolled in college. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a college like portal or whatever your Transcript. your school has, se- yes, exactly, set up um, for you a certain amount of units, you can fish a tournament. And you don't have to. We don't have to go through the clubs because some clubs they don't give you money, and so like that. Like if people don't want to drive all the way down to Havasu for, you know, 350 bucks, they're going to want to drive down to Havasu for, you know, $3,500 though. So that's kind of what we're trying to do on the West coast is because since it's not very big yet, we really want to transition to a more sustainable future for the the high school kids for Mm -hmm. sure. You you got some parents and kids, kids listening. What what do you have to say to them or what's a good, good way for them to contact you or if they have a kid that's website, Instagrams. Instagram uh, is, I mean, I run the Instagram for now. We have also have another kid on the team that's that helps with the uh, Instagram as well. It's just the Chico State Bass Team. Um, yeah. And then we have a Facebook as well. I don't know who runs that. Um, Chico State Bass? Yeah, Chico State Bass. But either one, just DM us. Uh, we'll get you in, in contact with either Chad or, or me. Um, and then we'll be putting out, you know, meeting updates and everything like that. And, you know, just come to the meeting. You don't have to tell us if we post on Instagram that there's, you know, Hey, we have a meeting at seven o'clock tonight. You don't have to tell us you're coming. You can show up and be like, Hey, I want to join. Where are those usually get held at? Those are on campus. Um, Langdon 200, 200 usually, Usually but we'll put an announcement on Facebook when we have a meeting. Do you guys let the Butte college kids come? Um, they can, uh, we aren't, allowed to have the butte kids on our team but i know a few people at butte that fish and that's another reason why we're trying to do that is because like colleges Definitely. like butte that don't have the club necessarily set up they're and eventually gonna go to chico exactly probably. exactly so if we can work with the butte people and you know g- you know generate that friendship mm-hmm. that's huge for us and huge for the, the sport as well is because you i mean i went to a jc first i went to butte first mm-hmm. this is my second year at chico state so Having that avenue, knowing that I'm going to be fishing at Chico would have been a lot cooler 
if I was able to hang out with everyone at Butte. Thankfully, I was because my brother was a president uh, for the Chico State Bass team. And so I got to come to the meetings. But if I didn't do that, I would have never known. No. Cool. Well, uh, I definitely want to go out and, and fish with you guys sometime soon and just watch you do your thing. I mean, I learn a lot when I just fishing with other people mm-hmm. in general, you know, but we're always fly fishing, but I, you learn a lot when you just see conventional anglers and vice versa for you guys too, I think. Oh yeah. Right. Most definitely. So I'll have to, cool. have to get out, maybe go hit Clear Lake or something like that. Anytime. All right. Sounds good. Thanks well, for coming on guys. Thanks awesome. for having yeah, us. Thanks for yeah, having us. But, yeah. I learned a lot. Thank you very much. Anything else? No. Uh, well, we've got that. We got to close bait on the app soon, like real soon. It's yeah. coming up, like soon, soon. I, I've been telling people about that. Where, how do they? How do they sign up for it? They got to go to our website. Yeah, go right? to the website uh, podcast.barbless.co. All the way at the bottom, there's a beta link to sign up and put your email in there. We got about 120 uh, beta testers currently. We can take as many as 10,000. So we got a little bit of ceiling still. If you want to, if you want to try it out, that's it. That's all we got, right? Sounds good. Okay, cool. Tight lines, everybody. This podcast would not be possible without support from our sponsors, FishBio and Amp.Bill. FishBio is a consulting firm that offers a fresh approach to fishery science. They specialize in fish research, monitoring, and conservation with innovative uses of technology and communication. From their offices in Chico, Oakdale, and Santa Cruz, California, to Vienchen, Laos, FishBio is committed to solving natural resource challenges locally and globally. Learn more at www.fishbio.com. And Amp.Bill. Amp is a software design and engineering shop located in Chico, California. Amp creates beautiful apps for mobile and desktop devices, wearables, and the Internet of Things. Amp develops native, web, and hybrid apps on a variety of platforms. Chad, who co-hosts this podcast, is the agency's founder. Learn more at www.amp.bill.